0: welcome back everybody to the discussion phase a board gaming podcast where we take a break from playing the games we love to talk about the games we love i'm your host matthew and i'm brady and today we've got a special guest david say hi to
1: the
2: listeners
0: what's up listeners on today's episode we're going to be breaking down the six phases of the board gamers journey as well as continuing our series of the art of the teach so stick around and as always buckle up
1: All right, so we have David on today. David, how are you doing? You're looking like you got a fresh haircut.
2: Yeah, man. My haircut, though, I think went a little bit better than yours did earlier this week.
1: Yeah, I I got a haircut on Monday or Tuesday. I think you got a little more than a haircut. Yeah, I got an (laughs) ear cut, too. I went to, I I cheap out when it comes to haircuts, so I went to Gray Clips, and uh, the lady trimmed a little bit off my ear, so it was really awkward.
2: Yeah, I think you sent us a picture, um, and at first I thought you you
0: had surgery, but no, you... uh, no, yeah. I just got a haircut. You got a You Had like a little plastic <laughs> surgery done on your ear.
1: Yeah. So, needless to say, I'm I'm probably going to be looking for a new haircut place pretty soon. Hey,
0: listen, that's what happened to me. I just got butchered one time, and then you start cutting your own hair. Yeah. So it just I don't takes
1: coordinated enough to do that.
0: It takes a little bit of practice. Hey, man, you know these barbers are just out for blood this year. So yeah, it's been a rough year. <laughs> well, they, they got they, shut down hard too. Yeah, they haven't been practicing in a while, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, gentlemen, what's some uh, recent plays that we've been having going on? So, um, recently
2: we. Uh, got a play in of Rococo. Um, now, earlier this year, Eagle Griffin Games was decided to publish Rococo. Um, this is a game that I think came out in 2013, but it had been out of print for a, a while. And so it was just super expensive to get on board game mm-hmm. Geek, or uh, it was the only place you could get it was second hand. But when they did this reprint, of course, like they do with all their games, they deluxify the crap out of it. So uh, we got it in, um, I think, last week and got a play of it this week. It was a lot of fun.
0: Yeah. yeah, and not only is it like deluxified, it is, is. I'm. I've come looked at the old board, it's bigger in every single way. It's not a what I consider a heavy game. I think it's actually kind of a mid-weight game when you actually break down just the straight mechanics of it. You're trying to get the ingredients to build the dresses and you want to put them on display or get the money, but the board is so large and just so many colors are just popping and just sticking out. It's almost like there's so much going on, but it's just like, it's just deluxified to the nines. I think, I think,
2: when you think about thematically, you know, typically games are like dungeons and space and shooting each other.
1: But the real gamers are playing like dress up and, and making dresses. Yeah, You know, so. everybody
2: wants to be a, a master tailor. So this is a fantastic game. If you're out there and you have a chance to try it, I highly recommend it. And, um, you know, if if or anything else, even thematically, you're so concerned about. I need this dress. I need to rent this out so that people can look at my dress that I've made or my frock that I've (laughs) made and, you know, uh, tote it around and and get those um, points and and earn the king's favor. Yeah, I think
1: my favorite part was just the little lace pieces. Oh, Oh, that's kind of like Everdell for me. Like my favorite part of Everdell is just the little squishy berries.
2: So I I feel very similar. We can leave those event cards out. Just give me the
0: squishy (laughs) berries. So what about you guys? well we all got in a play of a fantastic game that we've been enjoying lately the king's dilemma yeah now, i don't know how many of y'all have had a chance to play this game because after shut up and sit down did their review of it and just gave it glowing reviews I don't know if they were paid under the table or what, but these board games just disappeared from all space and time. Like, oh yeah, it was like one hundred
1: and fifty dollars on Amazon, at least,
0: not including shoot shipping. So it's like it's almost impossible. It's like, are we gonna pay one hundred and fifty plus dollars for this campaign game that you're just gonna get so many sessions out of? But finally, some copies came available on Amazon, and yeah, I saw and You,
1: you happened to get a uh, little two for one special, huh? Oh yeah,
0: I, I, I ordered it, but it wasn't like directly from Amazon fulfillment center. It was like a third party selling it on Amazon. Uh, for 50 60 bucks so i ordered it but somehow i got shipped two different copies within a span of two or three days which has actually kind of worked out for us because we have six people in our gaming group and for whatever reason this game only plays up to five uh we yeah. played four we played two times but a total of four sessions and we've been playing it as six players i don't think there's at least anything that we found so far any reason why there yeah. couldn't have been six yeah players. i haven't noticed anything wonky about the, the only thing you're missing is like three cards that either Uh, a nay or pass or whether or not you're voting just those three player cards you have all the player factions you have all the screens all the components and uh there's on board on bgg on their uh, on their uh, files forum you can find some slightly modified scoring sheets for a six player game uh, so we've been doing that, and it's uh, to me, it's probably been one of the now mechanically, it's not like some fist or <laughs> euro, right? Oh, yeah. At the very basis, it's it's a it's a diplomacy, voting, uh, secret objective, moving some tracks up and down. But the interaction that you have and like getting involved in your faction has been one of the most enjoyable gaming experiences as a group that I've ever had. Yeah. What are your thoughts? Uh, yeah, I
2: I've been enjoying it. Just seeing Brady completely blow up and uh, get ready yeah. to flip the table as yeah. we vote against his family and his faction. Oh,
1: my word. Yeah, we, you know, no spoilers here, but, and honestly, like we've been playing the game and, you know, making decisions and all this stuff, but like nobody at the table has any idea how we actually even win this game. at this yeah, point.
0: Yeah, because as you make decisions, because essentially the premise is that we are on the king's council and our decision, what we come up to collectively based on our vote is what the king will do. And so there's multiple different outcomes to these scenarios. And based on our outcome, we open up new envelopes with new uh, branching trees. Uh, And so at certain points of the game, you unlock like new winning conditions and new branching points. And so you're just kind of like, we don't know what to expect. We're just playing. And I think not having that absolute win condition, it allows us to focus more on the interaction and experience of the game. Even more.
2: So, in the beginning of the game, um, everybody's handed a um, kind of like a, sec- a secret objective card. And on this objective is a goal to manipulate different resources like the kingdoms. Um, Influence the kingdom's money and their treasury, uh, the morale of the people, uh, their military strength. And so you're trying to manipulate the tokens to go one way or the other. And the way those tokens are manipulated is based off the situations that we have to vote on. So um, I think I really enjoyed this last game, especially because it was the first time that uh, a situation came up where it was really a moral dilemma. And to vote one way would have helped my objective. But I
0: probably should just. But
1: David is a pure soul, and so he just <laughs> cannot vote yeah. for the like wrong thing in the game.
0: Starting off the game, the decisions were pretty cut and dry. That's bad. That's good. But like the last two games we played of, it's like, and no matter which decision we go with, it's gonna be bad for one yeah. of us here. Yeah, there
1: was definitely a moment uh, the other night where um, we had a chance to vote, and I. I was all in on one thing, thinking that it would have a certain outcome, and then we, you know, reveal what happened, and the complete opposite thing yeah. happened. And you're given like, oh,
0: hints well. on what is likely to happen, but you don't know fully. So there's just that shroud of mystery surrounding. Yeah. And the setting is in kind of medieval, uh, dark ages kind of times. There is a small, especially as we go further, in a small fantasy. Uh, bent to yeah, it,
1: like a supernatural aspect. Yeah,
0: it's not like high fantasy elves, dwarves, or anything. It's more think of Arthurian legend type yeah. edge of the fantasy on it. So, but I mean, so far, I mean, I've read on BGG, I've rated the game as nine out of ten at least for me personally so far. Mechanically, it holds it back some, but just the enjoyment and oh, yeah. the experience of it. Yeah, I'm a big uh,
1: fan of the Game of Thrones. Uh, board game for kind of like the the battle and intrigue of it but this really is sort of like the the shadowy aspect of game of thrones where you're kind of yeah you're in the king's throne room kind of paying off people and doing little yeah. side deals
0: yeah now david i got a, a visit from one of your friends today oh no yeah one of your italian friends you know what i'm talking about no oh yes yes yeah uh was it uh was it mario M- mario i no, not mario what are you talking what about what are you talking about
2: super mario super mario no, no. Right, that was a bad joke yeah mr uh mr luciani
0: mr luciani that's right i uh, got a, a giant surprise when i got home from work today of just three two or three just giant boxes filled with uh a newton as well as the uh the discoveries expansion for it i got on the expansions for a teotihuacan all the upgraded, deluxified components. Uh, every also, day
1: every day is like Christmas in Matt's house. Oh, it's
0: fantastic. Like The only reason I enjoy going to work is the boxes at home when I get, get done with work. <laughs> no. right? And that's
1: why you have to go to work that's every day. Have, that's why I have to go to work. There's always boxes at your house. I know.
0: I, listen, there's no one else who's going to keep these poor United States Postal Service workers employed. I've got to do it, man. I will. Yeah. Ma-
2: let it be known that Matthew Grimm is definitely keeping them afloat this year.
0: I am. It's Absolutely. the Christmas spirit and charitable giving. Yeah. But, so we we got all kinds of plays ahead of us, Marco Polo, just fantastic.
1: Just, yeah, at this point, like we were doing a pretty good job of like keeping up with all the games that were coming in, but now we're like probably four or five games behind at this point.
0: Yeah. Well, it all happened after David introduced me to Grand Austria Hotel. Mm-hmm. I just went off the deep end with these Italian designers. And then we got Lorenzo El Magnifico in. We mentioned that on last week's episode and just how fantastic it was. And like these are just just beautifully designed games. Now, yeah, some of the theme, it can be your dry cut and paste Euro, but like the mechanical interaction that you have with the components in the game and the thought processes and engine building and worker placement is just fantastic, at least for me. I think
2: the, the first interaction that we had with these um, designers was Barrage. I love Barrage. Barrage is, is probably one of my favorite games. I think mechanically it is so... It's simple, but at, at so brutal and so genius what they do with the resources and that you don't spend your resource. They just go away for a little bit yeah. and you're working hard to get them back. Um, but I played Grand Austria Hotel for the first time this year, and that is that is probably my favorite game at this point of all time, and uh, it came out in 2015. Recently, they just did a, a Kickstarter for the expansion.
0: A kick flopper. Uh, yeah. mean. Well, oh I my mean, gosh, the,
2: horrible! The Kickstarter went well, but the communication I oh. think was was a little a little wonky, and so needless to say, I missed out on it. We both got how...
0: emails saying you have eight nine hours left to back this Kickstarter. When in reality, it had already ended. It had ended like two days.
2: All... <laughs> it had been already been done for two days. But um, I thankfully we I emailed Lookout Games, and I just got an email yesterday saying that i could hop into the pledge manager yeah. so you best believe i am all in on that Yeah, best. we're gonna have to yeah. uh christmas can, we, can we add multiple copies to that order yeah we can okay we can we'll, we'll get it we'll shoot. we'll do that together but but i if, just
1: made uh, david's christmas right there if yeah. you're
2: listening and you've not played lorenzo magnifico if you've not played Sulkin, if you've not played grand austria i can recommend any of these games I yeah i think brad um uh, uh, brady and matthew can yeah. say the same
0: and i think adding the expansions into, especially with zolkin and lorenzo really increased uh the replayability one of the amazing uh abilities that we got in the expansion for lorenzo was a mechanic to where you can bid for your starting resource and asymmetrical yes, and power
1: many like more and more games need to do this absolutely
2: do yeah. you guys think like when you have that it it makes you feel like you're just like from the start you are you're right there. You're in the thick of the game.
0: Oh yeah. So so often you're like, okay, you just get this many resources. Okay, here's just starting. But every decision you make in that game is setting up the rest of the game. Like you yeah. everything you have, you chose. You chose your uh special ability cards, you chose your special asymmetrical power, you chose your starting resources. I mean, you choose every single thing yeah. you have in and the game. And
1: it means it means that the like the all these asymmetric abilities don't necessarily have to be like perfectly balanced, right? Because the like, the players can balance them and say, oh, well, that yeah. one is, you know, slightly better, and so it, you can you can bid for that one where... And get fewer resources. Yeah, and, and I, so it's like if if maybe Tapestry have that, because I know you all have complaints where some of the, the factions in Tapestry can be significantly better than other ones, and they've had balance changes, but it's like if, if we get, were given the opportunity to bid on those, I just think the game would be so much yeah. better, more interesting.
0: And I think so, a lot of other games with asymmetrical powers would benefit... From that, I think it's really cool, and that's one of the reasons. like with uh, Great Western Trail, the importance, at least when you're on watching those like tournament level uh, commentary videos, turn order is so important. In some of those games, so you bid for those as well. Yeah,
1: you're the only one watching those videos. <sighs>
0: oh, yeah
2: so great. You mean you're not sitting here watching the uh, the World Championship of uh, Great Western of Trail? Great Western Absolutely Trail. not. Oh. No. <laughs> it's the
0: most remind, riveting thing I've ever seen. It's fantastic.
1: Okay, so some of you are probably wondering who this David guy is. I know we've talked about him in a couple of other uh, episodes, um, but we will kind of get into a little bit of his story later as we get into our main topic. Um, but first, I've got a new uh, game to play with these guys. So let me just oh, take a moment to a uh, game. Yeah, Bray, we're going we'll, we, we, to We don't two like two games guys over Head here. to head. What? <laughs> excuse me. What are uh, you all? How do you how do you rate your knowledge on the uh, BGG list?
2: feel like I'm pretty deep in the sauce, not going to
0: lie. Yeah, I mean, David definitely comments more on there, but I, I feel like I'm like that deep sleuth. Like I'm, I'm following people, messaging them, trying to, to snipe their uh, copies.
2: To, yeah, trying to uh, deal and wheel. All right, so
0: that's why we are putting
2: oh,
1: uh, you two head-to-head head against so each other. This is a game called Get Ranked. And so what we're going to do is I uh, set this up, so I'm going to give... Uh, both Matthew and David, five games that are in the BGG uh, top one thousand games. And again, oh. if you don't know what BGG is, it's basically IMDb for board games, and so uh, it just ranks um, every board game that's ever exi- been existent. So it's like up to like thirty or forty thousand or something crazy like it's that. So insane. we're just doing we're just doing the top one thousand. Um, so I'm gonna give them five games along with their five rankings, but uh, they are in, are responsible for matching those up, and whoever can match the most up is the winner. Well, Which
0: uh, ranking are we using? Are we using like the aggregate aggregated ranking or like the players' ranking?
2: Oh, dude, we're not we're not gonna. Just the normal ranking. When you click all board games, that yeah, okay, the, okay. okay. Just the normal ranking.
0: Okay. Here we go. Here we go. Well, all right, Matt.
2: So- uh, let me just say this. I hope. I hope you're ready for this. I just got the BGG top 1,000 tattooed on my left butt cheek.
0: So, <laughs> bro, you are committed. It's wow. game over. Oh my gosh. All right. Is there, so, are there any prize associated with this? Uh,
1: yeah. So the prize is that uh, whoever uh, gets the most right will be uh, deemed the greatest of all time, at least until the next game. Fantastic. Okay. So you're playing for the greatest board gamer of all time okay here we go matthew you're going first all right so i've got your list here
0: do i get those additional starting resources no
1: Okay. all right so and i'm going to hand you this paper so you can match them up so for matthew we've got machi koro sushi go secret hitler disney's villainous and mysterium those rankings are 182 653 434 978 And two forty three. So I'll give you a moment. Me and David can kind of talk over here. Yeah, you two talk uh, while I go at this. Is is he
0: going to have the same ones to try? Oh, absolutely
1: not. No, he's going to have, he's going to have a whole different list.
0: Okay. Okay. You all two uh, think while I uh, talk. While I think about this.
1: All right. And you can kind of talk us through it. I mean, you know, how you how you personally feel
2: about each game. So this, how did you go about? Just did you just choose these randomly?
1: Uh, yeah, sort of. So I um I kind of just went through, and honestly, like I am not a huge proponent of bgg i i do have like all of my games listed on there but i don't have any of my games like like ranked or whatever i don't have i don't like uh mark down my plays of my games like uh matthew does over here i don't do you do that Do you? Mark no i place? don't i don't you all
2: don't log your plays. no i don't log my plays no. i i rate games that i've played and you know own and stuff but well, for me it's
0: helpful to know which games i need to call from my collection we yeah. are not getting them played you yeah. just
2: don't you don't know that just by looking like oh i know i haven't touched yeah, that game. yeah exactly i
1: just, <laughs> too I, many I to just keep go by feeling game. matthew's too science scientific over here uh the only game that i've like really wanted to like log plays of and and like know you know which side won and that sort of thing is uh watergate so i matthew introduced me that to that game by brutally and assaulting me with it the first oh, couple when plays. When we talk about
0: pain as the greatest teacher yeah, Brady. I, that was awful. I felt bad for how just badly I was just obliterating. It did
1: make me hungry though and then the next like two times that I've played Matt I have just I I, I got my Brady is
0: hunting me down and he's like Matt let's play Sit this. Sit down. <laughs> yeah, I've been reading all these optimal strategies and studying up. Alright all right, I think I have it? this. Um, do you want me to just uh, read it off to the listeners what I went with? <laughs>
1: All righty. Yeah. So, okay. what do you have uh, Mach- Machi Koro ranked as? All right. Well, I fully expect there, to get the, zero me, of these correct. Give me the pen. I've gotta, right. i check these I got to get well. zero
0: of these correct. Um, I honestly, I it's hard to because some of these games are more mass market than others, but the mass buyers of these mass market games aren't the ones rating them on BGG. Exactly. Uh, so it makes it a little difficult here. So I kind of went with which ones I went were most popular. So I'll read it in that order. Uh, so with ranked 182 i have mysterium Eh. is that incorrect okay uh ranked 243 i have sushi go eh. <laughs> oh my gosh okay ranked 434 i have machikoro uh nope okay I'm, I'm getting close to what i thought i would do here uh ranked 653 i have secret hitler
1: <laughs>
0: Dude,
2: you could have at least ranked like one game, two different ratings or something like that. I oh, my it. oh, could I have done that?
0: No. I think I'm all joking. five of these are <laughs> <laughs> And right. then lastly, I gotta at least get this one, okay? Disney Villainous, I have ranked 978. No, dude. This is why. Oh, yeah, this is God. like one of the dude. most popular games. Yeah, yeah, to come this out This is why you. This
2: is why you're like so top one hundred. Like
1: great Western Trail and all that business. These are Villainous? great games. Yeah.
2: And ha- gamers love Villainous.
0: Have you played Villainous? I
2: have played Villainous. How many times? I owned it. I owned several of the uh, expansions for it too. Did you sell it? I did sell
0: it. Okay. Thank you very much. All right. So
1: <laughs> we will go. All right. So we are. We going to get here, the answers to this Yeah, these? we're going to get the answers. How so far off?
0: Well, I feel like Sushi Go, Mysterium, and Machi Koro are, would be in the top three, because Machi Koro just had the legacy version put out, so it had to add some popularity, at least.
1: Yeah, all right. So in in uh, ranking order, we have Secret Hitler at 182. Wow, okay. Mysterium at 243. Uh, Sushi Go at 434. Disney Villainous at... 653 and Machikoro at 978. Wow.
0: Okay, that that is surprising. I figured it'd be much higher, seeing it got the legacy version. How many have
2: it. have you? How many of these have you played,
0: Matthew? I played Sushi Go. I watched Disney Villainous be played. Um, I thought you
1: were about to say you've watched a Disney movie. I've, I have watched. <laughs> He's Disney
0: watched movie. the World Championships no. for Disney Villainous. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> I was at a game group and uh, they said we really want what play Disney Villainous, but we had one more player than could play the game, so I was not allowed to play all right um and then i played mysterium and i have not played secret hitler or Koro though all
1: right all right hand flip that paper over hand it to david david for you what do we got
2: all right folks just let you know this is gonna go a lot better here (laughs) all right (laughs) so we've got king of tokyo cash and guns qe one of my favorite games sagrada and camel up
0: well, I've played those games. Right. How, I mean, you could have yeah. given me a so, list. Uh, All right, here's, the rankings. Here's
2: the rankings. We got 146, 934,
1: 448, 309, and 664. All righty, Matthew. Um, what do you think about those games? Any of those games hitting your top 100 out there? Uh,
0: top 100? You know, definitely not QE, uh, because I think it is uh, just a broken piece of garbage. <laughs> Uh, and then there's about a thousand other alternatives. Uh, the game on there that I, and I, I feel cashing guns, whenever I bring that out to a new group, a lot of people get confused about when they're supposed to hold up the gun, when to put it down, if you have a better group. Uh, but I've had a lot of success playing Camel Up. I know we talked previously about knowing your audience and knowing what games to bring out for a group. And that, I mean, I believe it plays up to eight, right?
1: Yeah, it does. And I honestly, that's a great party game. I have never seen like a, like a random group of people get so passionate about like a plastic little camel. Yeah. It doesn't life.
0: put a lot of pressure on the players. Like you either choose either to take a token, which to can we think is going to come in first or last, uh, just take a coin or just, uh, roll the, or uh, press the button on the pyramid and just roll one of the dice. Right. You don't have to worry about, uh, being embarrassed or whatever it oh, is yeah. when you talked it's about those gaming no personalities pressure, yeah. pretty low barrier to entry um, I definitely think you could have picked some better games over this list but that would have been too easy if you picked all our favorites
1: alright so it looks like David's down over there David how do you, juice, how you David? feel about
0: this alright so let me just give you some,
2: some <laughs> mental yeah some thoughts. mental notes and here's my process so I gotta think What does, how would Matthew not do this? And that's kind of what I went for. Absolutely. So let's go with uh, King of Tokyo at 146. Eh. Okay. Hey, listen, we're doing good so far. All right. All right. Let's do QE at 664.
1: That's a negative Ghost Rider.
2: See, I knew there was a Kickstarter game too. It probably would have been a little bit higher up there. All right. So then Sagrada. I had Sagrada at 309, but I feel like I'm mistaken about that one. Yeah, I think that's that's way too low. Yep, is at
1: 146. 46. Yep, yep, yep.
2: yep. Uh, that was that was going to be my next one. All right, Uh, so then Camel Up at 934? No way. Camel Up is 448. Oh, my word. So Cash and Guns is at 934? Cash and Guns is at 664. <laughs> well, shoot, brother. What I <laughs> Did what you I not
1: get any correct either?
2: No. Oh, Wait, what was Jesus. King of Tokyo? Wow. What King, was King of
1: Tokyo was 309.
2: 309? What was 934?
1: 934 was QE. Did you have QE
2: on Oh, there? I have QE higher.
0: Well, oh, we were giving you the sympathy yeah. vote. I, I was honestly, definitely giving you
2: the sympathy The only
1: vote. reason QE is on there is so I can prove that it was in the top 1,000 games. For <laughs> no, I'm not. Is,
0: if it's in the top 1,000 games, Brady, I think you've been validated that it's a good game.
1: Okay, well, lucky for you all. Do we have a so tiebreaker or anything
0: to re... Uh, to uh, not look so humiliated to the listeners. Yeah, redeem ourselves.
1: Apparently, you guys are both garbage at this. I did come up with a tiebreaker. I think you chose garb- garbage, garbage games. The
0: there you go. We don't want to offend any of our listeners who love these games. We're just giving Brady hard time.
1: Are uh, you guys talk amongst yourselves? Let me get the tiebreaker going.
0: You know, I have
1: what 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 games are surprising you? On here? well, here, what here surprised the, me?
2: I I knew I feel I felt like Sagrada could have been a little bit. One of the, like the top two. Because yeah. uh, King of Tokyo is like one of the first games that like everybody plays. I
0: think you can find that stuff like in Walmart. But I think Sagrada is kind of like once you played Azul, Sagrada is right there kind of with it in that kind of vein. I feel like a lot of people who enjoy Azul, enjoy Sagrada and like when Azul came out it was just going like gangbusters I mean it, it, when you looked at uh the um uh, uh board game websites that were selling these things Azul and uh Gloomhaven for almost a year were just mm. battling back and forth and number one Azul and volume sold and Gloomhaven and uh in ranking or well no Gloomhaven and like the the amount of money that oh, made from yeah, the game yeah, yeah. so those two were always buying back and forth during that year and Sagrada was kind of like if you enjoyed that we kind of play Sagrada as well
1: all right here we go here here is the tiebreaker we are just gonna i'm gonna put up one game and then you guys are gonna give your ranking for what what you think that is closest one wins i'm honestly cannot believe it came to this all right so the um the game is smash up are you all both familiar with that
2: i've never played smash up I've never I, played I, it, know, I, am I know i know i'm familiar with it yeah though.
1: it's a little bit of an older it came out in 2012 it's got Ancient about history. five million expansions there to give you an idea all right, Matthew. What is your ranking for Smash Up?
0: I'm going not going my personal rank. I'm going to go what I think the people would choose. Um, I know this is going to be tough for you. I'm going to go 165.
2: Okay,
1: yeah. um, David. What?
2: Yeah. I'm, I'm, <laughs> what are you thinking? I'm going to give it a little closer to the 500 mark. We'll just keep it 500. 500. All right. It's, are you the closest?
1: Uh, uh, yeah, it's uh, 841. Got right him up oh, there. All right, Got David him. is a winner. David, I pronounce oh you the greatest of all. Time. David's never going to gonna come back on time? the show. And I'll
0: never be able. Can to- we
2: give Can we give Matthew the title of uh, "filthy casual" now?
0: Or, or like,
1: it just the voice of not the people. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Clearly, my taste is more enlightened than these fools in front of me. Now, if we had gone like, let's talk about the top. 50 games of well, all time a,
2: yeah. a lot of these though are are, are pretty good games minus. oh yeah
0: we're, we're just we're just uh minus
2: qe I think every, and qe and machikara you, you guys
0: got it you guys have you played machikoro i have QE. yes what, what what's your thoughts on it
2: machikoro was a great game starting out and we'll get into that here in a little bit but um it suffers the same thing that disney villainous does and same thing that munchkin does is that it can go on
0: forever. You wouldn't want to play a legacy version of it? No. Right. <laughs> when they said legacy, I was like, isn't this game already legacy? Like what's going on here? I this think the legacy, legacy
1: version is in the top one hundred though. I'm not I'm not entirely sure. I think mm-hmm. I think I saw it in there. Yeah.
0: Oh, well, that. Brady, we appreciate you for taking the time and the effort to put this together and just absolutely humiliate us. Yeah, In thank you. I'm everyone. sorry.
1: I'm going to have to I I was trying to make it like a little more challenging. Apparently, I made it too challenging, so I'm going to have to uh, give you guys some some easy low balls. You
0: got to give us something closer like the price is right. Just one of us get closest as we possibly can. But thanks for putting that together. Hope you all enjoyed it and just uh we're able to laugh at our uh, our our ignorance when it comes to these ranking of the games. Uh, But we want to kind of get into our main topic for today, which is talking about the steps that a board gamer takes on their journey. Uh, We've kind of mentioned it before in kind of our our intros and our backgrounds, kind of the journey that we take. Uh, But there's a lot of like specific phases that a lot of people we feel like go through. And uh, it's good we got David on because he's got some amazingly hysterical kind of stories uh, that he can tell you anecdotally about some of his intros into gaming. Uh, So, Bray, why don't you lead us off?
1: Uh, Okay, so the uh, and this is like there are a lot of um, great videos online about like the the, kind of the parody of the board gamers journey. Um, But the uh, first stage in every board gamers journey is mass market games. Mm -hmm. And what we mean by this is all the games that kind of everybody knows when you say, hey, I'm uh, I'm into board games. And they're like, oh, that's awesome. I love Monopoly. I love apples to apples, phase 10, all that kind of stuff. So Yahtzee. Yeah, so I started out. I loved um, Risk uh, when I was in high school. Another one that we played we played a ton in a high school that I just I would never go back to is is Phase Ten. We we would play hours of that game, and yeah, I, I just don't understand it now that now looking back, I'm like, oh, I just wish I got that at better. the
0: time. It just like this is so fun. We just keep going forever and ever. But then looking, if you asked me now, would you like to play a game? And you explained it the rules, which is actually your face Ten. I was like. I had no desire to yeah. play a game, just complete random luck. You want to
1: play this uh, card game for five straight hours before somebody gets face yeah. in. <laughs> I can't even tell you how many
0: times we played Uno, and it's just this game we, okay, we finally got, it's almost over, and then someone just got him right? <laughs> like someone who we knew was supposed to win, they win, and they forgot to say Uno, and then someone goes, you didn't say Uno, grab 500 more cards to add to your hand, and we're just going to go for another hour. Uh, <laughs> so looking back, it's like, I feel sad for myself that I have to go through that.
1: Yeah. And luckily, like more and more people are kind of getting out of this category because there are a lot more better games coming from like Walmart and Target and stuff. They are like building up great collections, including like, you know, Disney Villainous and I mean, have you all
0: been in a Barnes and Noble recently?
1: Oh, they're next level. Yeah. yeah.
0: They're, they're cur- That's, that's curated, a curated board game uh, collection just that you can buy from. I and mean, they got a lot of really good titles in there. Mm hmm. I
2: detest going in there because you have to pay full price for the (laughs) stinking games. So yeah,
1: it is kind of nice. I was able to scoop up a copy of Wingspan back uh, earlier this year when it was like up to like a hundred and something dollars. That that is who I I got my
2: copy of Wingspan from too online. Like someone posted Barnes and Noble. Yeah, they someone posted. What was it? Uh, for like 50 bucks. Yeah. Okay. yeah. The
0: retail price, whatever. Yeah. Is.
2: Someone posted and the deal was gone in like 10 minutes. So yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, let's talk about for, for a second. I know we, kind of maybe a little off topic here, but you experienced when you first started gaming, you know, there's a large segment is like support your friendly local game store, right? Uh, your FL GS, right? Support yeah. them, right? You, we want to support local businesses. But, you know, we've mentioned before, this isn't necessarily the cheapest hobby. And there can be some large disparities in prices and costs of these games based on whether you're getting it in retail, where you're getting it online, where online are you getting it? Are you getting it straight from the publisher? Are you getting it via Kickstarter? Are you getting it on eBay, secondhand market when these games are out of print? I mean, so what are your kind of thoughts? Do you all prefer to use one source of buying your games over over the other if you can have the option to do so?
1: I mean honestly I'm typically going for like the cheapest price and and I think if we we kind of live in a rural area in Tennessee but and and so unfortunately we don't have a whole lot of like great friendly local game stores and like the one we do have is mostly just like a hub for Magic the Gathering or something like that so it's just it doesn't really foster a great community for board gamers it's mostly just like a nerd dungeon kind of thing
2: Uh yeah so I I think for me I don't really care about buying from the local game store. They can have their magic, the gathering and all that stuff. Um, what's your,
0: what's your problem with magic players? Like tragic players. Like, I mean, like, yeah, uh, I li- tried, listen. I played
1: some Pokemon and stuff, but, but it's turning just, off our viewers it is here. just not the most welcoming atmosphere. Like it's just a highly
0: it, competitive. It's environment. definitely different. It's a definitely different atmosphere. It is, from board it is a different
2: culture. That is for sure. Um, but that beside the point I, to me, I don't really care about buying from the local game store. I mean, if, it's, And I'm sorry if that offends anybody. Well, no, actually, I'm not sorry. Um, But anyways, to me, I recommend if you are um, really just trying to get good deals, go on BGG, find someone who's trading a game, and just ask them, hey, what are you willing to send the game for? And that's typically what I do. I mean, like back when, when Brass Birmingham was... Really hard to find, and people are selling it on eBay for like especially for
0: something. the the clay tokens and stuff. Yeah, for the poker chips.
2: Yep, yep. And so I someone got, someone sold it to me for sixty bucks. And it has the insert, yeah, custom had, wooden yeah, was, insert in it. it, it. Was I was the, just blown away. Yeah, so I would I would recommend doing that. And then after that, I mean, you know, you can subscribe. I think Reddit has a, a board game deals page, and if you subscribe to that um that page, you can be updated on on different yeah. deals.
1: Yeah, I, as far as like local stuff, I think the thing I would be more interested in like you know getting involved in and supporting is is the idea of like a board game cafe or or something that's like a little more casual friendly like not just like die hard nerds are going to it and yeah it, they're kind of more fostering like a community rather than just like you know selling really niche hobby stuff yeah
0: now there's one spot where getting in close with the local game store is good is cuz they have access to distributors and so if you want a game that you know is going to be the hotness and it's hard to get you can go ahead to them and they can go ahead and get that pre-order in there with you i know when root was coming out and you know especially for the under, underworld expansion the under was it underworld or underground i think it's on the underworld underworld expansion and with all that that came with it the play mats the, all the little tokens the cards super hard to get if you didn't get on the kickstarter with it but they the our local game store here had the ends with the distributor and so you're able to go and secure that instead of having to pay over a hundred dollars on the secondhand market to get a fifty dollar game so there are some parts but at, i remember i went in just a couple months ago and their game store still had a copy of rising sun base game for a hundred bucks and i was like i felt bad for them because like there's no one if they know what they're doing it would pay that much money when they can get it way cheaper just brand new but on Amazon or somewhere else but they're kind of stuck with that MSRP uh, price I mean that game's been sitting there for a long time not because Rising Sun isn't a popular game it's marked up substantially higher than the you would find it anywhere else yeah
1: and board game stores really are like far from the only one suffering from like the the tyranny of Amazon right Um, like uh, pretty much every industry has been disrupted by Amazon
0: so, David, what were some other kind of mass market games that you first got into? Maybe you did with your wife, or when you were uh, younger, back in high school or college, by yourself.
2: Uh, you, you guys never played Mousetrap.
0: You know that is one game that I always wanted to play because it looked so cool. But yeah, you just it was never like always
2: it. in the
1: movies and everything. Yeah. But it just it was so complicated to set up when we were young, and it was like. It's you know, we, like kinda, we, we would kind of set it up and, like, roll a ball ball around <laughs> a little bit, but I never
2: knew how to play it. Yeah, we, so, like, Mousetrap, I think, was one thing. We played a lot of card games in, in high school, uh, but there was one particular memory where we... Um, and I grew up in Hickory, North Carolina. And we were walking around downtown um, in the evening time, and all of a sudden, these two, two or three random guys just, like, pop out of nowhere. And one is, like, playing the flute, and the other one has a copy of Apples to Apples underneath his arm. And he's like, hey, guys, do you want to play Apples to Apples? Now... <laughs> I don't know if I could recommend playing apples to apples in the middle of a downtown alleyway with complete strangers, but we did, and it was fun.
0: I'm lucky you made you're lucky you made it out of the. And I live to
2: tell the tale. Yeah. So, uh, so that did was you get probably a tattoo about that as well. I didn't. I did not. I did. Did not. he
1: when he showed it to you? Did he have it like like under his coat, like a like a scary watch? <laughs> like a bunch salesman? of watches. Yeah. he's Selling. <laughs> oh yeah. He's like,
2: hey kid, I got I've all got, these cards. i got sleeved. apples to apples. No, that was but that was a good time. And then um, other mass market games. I think. I mean what's the one exploding kittens. I think that's a pretty mass market game, right? You know, I've, I've never
0: played it at this. I'm almost at this point. I like, I on principle, I have no desire to play it. Yeah. That one is kind of like,
1: that one's worse than monopoly at this point. When I say, Hey, I'm into games and they're like, Oh, I got exploding kittens. And I'm like, "Mm."
0: Yeah. It's not necessarily have anything against the game. It's like, it's just so pervasive and like, Hey, that this is what board gaming is exploding kittens. And I try to like push. No, this is not what board games, modern board games are. And so I try to push back like, you know, we we forget about exploding kittens for a little while.
1: Yeah, if it if it gets people into the hobby, I'm all for it. But that's I, true, I'm bro. That's
0: really... how that's how I got here, bro. What are you guys <laughs> doing over here? Destroying me? Yeah, <laughs> exploding dad,
2: kittens was where it was at.
0: Well, well the
1: doors over there. The next
0: phase is is like that that entry into. And I mentioned this before on a previous episode when I was talking about what was board gaming is like, and I described told Brady it's like opening that wardrobe into Narnia. Once you first play that first board game, is like this is different than anything else I've experienced. Yeah, so what is and no one war- else? Knew.
1: What's the wardrobe, Matthew?
0: The wardrobe, and I don't care what you say, the wardrobe is and forever will be Catan. I feel like we've been talking about it a lot lately, but the game that literally I feel that you hear mentioned more than any other as I was playing all these just random games, but my turning point was Catan. That is, it opened my eyes, it opened the the door of possibilities of what gaming could be, the experiences, uh, the interaction, what games could actually do. And how you can interact in a game. And I know we mentioned both of us that that was the game, Brady, that you and I, not together we played, but separately we had played that really got us into the hobby of wanting to know and learn more. Yeah. Uh it's so accessible that um, I mean I've you know sat down, and played this with my parents, they're able to pick it up, family, friends, whoever. Uh it's an amazing gateway into it because it has a negotiation, it has resource management, it has engine building, believe it or not, but it has engine building on it. And I think, I mean, I have no desire to play it unless we play it with the Cities and Knights expansions with asymmetrical player powers that you can level up. You have more direct player interaction when you're building Knights and blocking each other. Then you have the Seafarers expansions and you have exploration. I mean, you can almost turn Catan into a 4X game. Combat, exploration, resource building. <laughs> David, I know you're laughing at me here. But yeah, listen, well, you we can either play a... TI4 for eight hours or, or, Catan, could, with all or Catan with all the expansions for two hours. Yeah. I mean, take your pick.
1: Well, and this all is right? where, this is where kills me about people is when they get stuck in this category and 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 people really can. It's like it's like they kinda they hit a dead end. They're like Catan is amazing. I've got to buy all 40 expansions and then play like a six hour long game of Catan with like a million expansions.
2: I'm working right now and trying to get my in-laws um out of this phase, especially my my two uh brother in laws. They Love Catan. They love it. And um it's a fun I mean I have I have fun playing with. As a matter of fact, I wish we as a group would just sit down and play vanilla Catan. I'm no expansion. Oh, no, no expansion. No expansion. Have you played with Cities and Nights? I have, yes. And it's fine. It's I, phenomenal.
0: I, I just want it for
2: the experience <laughs> yeah. of playing vanilla Catan
0: with Heavy gamers, yeah, with, with us. I just see, and just roll those dice <laughs> and, and just, just
2: cry and move that robber around. Um, <laughs> but I'm trying to it help would, them, it would break our group apart, yeah. We would not survive it, David. Yeah, so like I, I introduced my brother in law, Josh, to Grand Austria Hotel, and he loved it. And so, like, I mean, that's a, a, a definitely, yeah. I think, a step in, in the next direction. Mm-hmm. Towards...
0: Now, you have some interesting stories when it comes to like your first foray into modern gaming. Oh, yeah, so. <laughs>
2: So like we, the first thing that I that got me started was Machi Koro, and that was interesting. And then I started from Machi Koro is where I found Board Game Geek, and I was like, all right, well let's look at the top one hundred games.
1: Oh yeah, you got to go for number one right yeah, after yeah. that.
2: So I saw <laughs> Gloomhaven. And I was forget like,
0: forget those other thirty thousand games. <laughs> let's just go straight to the top. So
2: here's here was here's what I had in in my repertoire. I had Exploding Kittens, uh, Machi Koro, I think Guillotine, Seven Wonders. The next step obviously obviously is twilight struggle yeah <laughs> it's rational <laughs> it's perfectly and so, rational understandable
1: very and, beautiful game i mean that could, the cover uh, the art and components you could just get any
0: gamer and, and just about know. give splatter games run for their money yeah well look so
2: i've seen some of those other gmt games and they don't look very good but twilight struggle i mean you guys know i am such a history nerd and so when i saw Absolutely. this two-player game about the cold war I mean it was i've always wanted to play it if you still had a copy
0: i would say david let's sit down and play play a game of twilight twilight struggle i'll buy a copy then if that's the case absolutely Uh, more and more i've found that some of these two-player games uh brady has a copy for war of the ring uh we couldn't get anyone else together so we say hey let's sit down and play this and just the thematic involvement of that. I'm a huge Lord of the Rings fan and stuff like that was amazing. But I know David, you love history-based game. Pax Premier, Watergate. Yeah. So, so let
2: me tell you guys what I did. So we so the local game store here lets you rent out games. And so we rented out like Cash and Guns and like some other like small game and then Twilight Struggle. And it lived on our table it took us three days to finish this <laughs> game of Twilight Struggle. And who did you play with? Uh, my wife. Oh, Your <laughs> poor wife. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I didn't have any other gaming. This was before you guys rescued me. And um, the we, we it lived on our table for three days. How many
0: times did she ask you just put it away and stop?
2: I mean, well, she was just like, look, can we just end this? And I was like, no. We started it. Let's go ahead oh and finish. My gosh. And so, But it was such a... I, I had a great time. I mean, I think she plunged the world in the nuclear war and lost. So it was it was a good who time. Who ended up winning that game? Yeah, it was me like no. if you get if you get the track to level seven of the nuclear like the nuclear war track basically because that's what you're trying to do is avoid another world war uh, but if a player causes that to go into the level seven then they automatically isn't lose. there
0: a either card or action in the game that if players don't know about it beforehand it can really tank them either maybe if you're playing the axis of like japan or something with a nuclear? Isn't there some mechanic where there's just a nuclear bomb option? And it can really catch people off guard they didn't know about it. Well,
2: I I don't know it, that that was two years ago that I played that game and I haven't touched it since because you know yeah. three days. How, on how the hard table.
0: was it getting to that rule book for the teach? <sighs> you know that was that was I, I think that that was really. Rough. I don't know how that didn't turn you off from gaming. It, like, yeah.
1: I mean, when I was getting when I was kind of growing my collection at the time, I think Twilight Struggle was uh, number one, and and it was on there for like what I remember a really long time and. And I remember like looking on there and being like, ooh, like, I, I I, have no desire to play that because I was playing a lot of other fun games and I you know, looked that one up, looked at the pictures and that one just, it just doesn't cut. I it. mean,
0: I looked at the game too because like you said at the top, I was like, I don't know if anyone else I could get to possibly play this with me because the only other people I could get to play were people who Katana was the max that they could handle.
1: At the time, I was just uh, like taking Tom Vassel's word as a law and so I got... Um, uh, well, what what was his favorite game for the longest time? Cosmic Encounter. Co- yeah, Cosmic, Cosmic Encounter. Encounter. I got Cosmic Encounter. Lahov is another one of his I favorites. Got my like college friends to play that like once and it it didn't go over very well.
0: <laughs> that was the end of that. Well, the next phase that we have here is down the rabbit hole. All right, so David, why don't you just give us a little little uh, backstory of what was your down the rabbit hole experience after you got those first couple games, and then taking you down the rabbit hole into kind of where you are now.
2: So I set up a budget for myself at the time and I said, all right, I'm not going to spend more than 40 bucks a month on a game. (laughs) <laughs> now as you guys know
1: and that that's a real I key mean, factor to getting to this stage is is setting the budget for yourself <laughs> honestly yeah. like once you start setting a board game budget you know you're going down the rabbit hole that's yeah a, that, that's a key
0: about 40 a month yeah you've turned
2: into a junkie by then and so i remember so um so as far as going down the rabbit hole of just you know looking on bgg which then ultimately then leads to um uh youtube and looking at different videos next thing you know you're subscribing to different channels next thing you know you're listening to board game podcasts.
0: absolutely getting
2: a little meta over here uh because
0: the heartbeat of the industry yeah that's right um so um so who are some of your favorite either channels or sources of content to, to go to for reference
2: absolutely i'll be happy to give a shout out to board game barrage i think is uh besides you guys of course the premier board game podcast that yeah I will, uh,
1: if any other podcast uh, makers are out there just know we're coming for you
2: well <laughs> and you guys should know that the group that i play with is like ultra competitive so which is probably why i lose the most out of all, all of our group is because i am not that competitive but
0: well, now that john had was joined the group i think he moved into fifth place john i love you buddy
2: but um <laughs> Anyway, so going down the rabbit trail of, of listening to the different podcasts. So a shout out to Board Game Barrage. Uh, the Secret Cabal Gaming Podcast is a great one. Uh, another YouTube channel that is relatively new is called Before You Play. I think they do a great job. They're actually, doing, I actually, yeah, I just mm-hmm. came across
1: them for the first time the other day.
2: They're doing a Fister series right now. So they've gone through they've gone through every Fister up until maracaibo i don't think they've touched on that one yet for
1: those that don't know fister is a game designer so if you're wondering why we're saying the word fister
0: alexander fister Uh, he's i just i just want to just preface this and you know this has been a personal mission of mine and the real reason we started this podcast i told the boys if we can just get to the point to where we can contact alexander fister and have him on as a guest he doesn't have to be here in person i'd be more than happy to call Uh, i'll pay for whatever the international charges is uh, I will, I will do whatever it takes, but to have him on as a guest, even if it's just for five minutes, it would literally just. Matthew has
1: a little Alexander Fister shrine at his house. We call him.
0: I call myself the the leading member and the the founder of the Fister Fanboys. I yeah. see.
2: So I'll, <laughs> I'll I'll cap off the uh, the the rabbit trail thing or the rabbit hole. So I, I set up a budget for ourselves. We picked up a copy of uh, Chronicles of Crime at a local game store for like fifty bucks. So I already went over <laughs> ten dollars. In bad. one day. In, in in one day. Yeah, that's right. And then shortly after that, I heard about Wingspan. Oh, no. And I was like, whoa, I got to get this game. And I found out that obviously it was expensive and you couldn't find it anywhere. But when I got the notification that it was on sale at Barnes & Noble, I was like, honey, we have to get this. Because if we don't, we'll never get the opportunity to play this I Already again. got
0: the FOMO. He yeah. already had bad. And his, we want to give a shout out to Sam, who's been as patient and as sweet as any wife could possibly be of a gamer and uh she's
2: and how, a she's a gamer too like she won't admit it but yeah, she, she she gets in
0: there david we, you can just admit on the podcast that you're afraid to tell your wife how much you spend on these games uh he was he was uh bragging about his ebay auctioning ability one day he's like hey guys i can get this really really cheap game of uh, americaibo watch me with my bidding skills no, and he accidentally bought not the, the game. story you're <laughs> telling this
2: you're telling the story wrong it's 100
0: he was bragging and then he accidentally bought a copy of america for like 50 bucks and as soon as he did it he's like oh no Sam's gonna kill me
2: (laughs) hey but it all worked out because it's one of her favorite games it is
0: so that's it all worked out but yeah definitely you you should have shot a little higher than 40 bucks a month there uh but mine was the same way like I mentioned before uh the board game uh show tabletop on YouTube was one of my first go-to and then just lived on the dice tower top tens for just the longest period of time um but like you said it's just it's just one thing after another and it's a constant sense of exploration and discovery like the the Act of learning about these games and discovering these games is almost as enjoyable as playing the games themselves Uh, It's like you any kind of hobby that people are into There's the doing the hobby and then there's the research and the background and the preparation for the hobby itself That is as equally enjoyable And I think that's kind of how you ask because if you enjoy that part of the hobby You're 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 a gamer at heart.
1: Yeah, so once you we'll go on to the next one and uh moving on from david's $40 budget um, what happens next is, yeah, you, you find out about, about wingspan and then you kind of go into this gotta buy them all mode. And so Matthew, why don't you tell us a little wow. bit about gotta buy them all?
0: Well, I would, uh, like to, uh, blame this on Amazon and their two day prime shipping for when it comes to buy them all. Cause Amazon, I remember I put together my Amazon wish list and it's got over a hundred games on there. And the only thing stopping me from having these games in my collection is the buy now button. <laughs> and so when it comes to that, cause like, I gotta have these games, I gotta have them together. Because you have, I wanna share these with everyone around me. Anytime you're in a situation where you can share these games and the experiences with other people, uh, you wanna get it and you wanna have it there. And the thing is, you have different people in your life, so you have to have a board game for every type of person in your life. Uh, So there's games I might not ever get out and play until these certain people uh, come in for either from out of town or whatever it might be, and those are the people I play the games with because that's what's for them. Uh, But then you might get to the phase of, okay, I've got to try to get all these top 100 games. You start a journey of, of you got to play, you almost have a checklist, can I play these top 100 games? And you start checking it off, just going through the experience, I want to play the best games I possibly can. In the board gaming, you're trying to find that perfect gaming experience, and you're always looking you're not just playing one game and then moving on to the next, playing it again, but you're trying to find the best possible games that you could have for the experiences.
1: Yeah. And I think like one of the things that just makes you buy games so much is you know, you watch a video or a review on it and you just picture yourself playing with your friends. And I think yeah. that's where, that's what gets me the most is I'm like, Oh, you know, David would love this game. Mm-hmm. I've got to, I've got to play. He would love this part about this game or whatever. And so that's where I,
2: if it's an auction bidding game, buying David will love this game. Yeah. The, um, I would also say, too, like again, you touched on a good part uh, there, uh, Matthew, about the experience of researching the game and finding out every little detail about the game is almost just as enjoyable as as playing them. Uh, but if you're in a position where uh, I was, I'd say about a couple of years ago, where it was just Sam and I, there's a lot of games that, you know, only work well with three or four people or, um, you know, you can't justify getting all these different games. So if you're out there... Um, do yourself a favor and find a game group. Get plugged in somewhere. Um, obviously, I know that we're in uh, COVID times, and and you know whatever is comfortable for you to to meet up with different people. But um, honestly, having a game group has been one of the best things that's been that's happened to me about living here in Johnson City. It's having you guys to play with and um, to hang out with and enjoy. And then of course that also bears uh, helps uh, lighten the load of of buying different games because I know if I can't buy it. Matthew certainly will. <laughs>
1: <laughs> all right, don't get ahead of ourselves. That's, ahead uh, that one's coming up. Oh, okay, see. so the next one is um, is kind of like when you this is sort of like the evolution. So after you kind of buy all the popular games on Amazon or whatever, you kind of go into it's like trying to game the future a little bit. And so, what is that one, uh, David?
0: And you, David, knows all about this one because he's always telling us what's the latest with this. Oh, the yes.
2: So for the those of you who have that junkie vein that's really strong, you and gotta tap it. Yeah, you gotta tap it so you can tap into that FOMO, that Kickstarter FOMO. So what do you guys think about Kickstarter games?
0: For me, I feel like it's just dangling that treat in front of me because I already have a tendency for deluxified out the wazoo. If I can have it deluxified, I want it. And people laugh at me. David's over here chuckling. But I ask you, would you rather watch a football game <laughs> on a TV in color or in black and white? Your answers? Oh, uh, yeah. And, kind and of color. Would you rather watch the game with the sound on or with the sound off?
1: Uh, with the sound on. Honestly, I don't watch football games, so okay. you're kind of losing me there.
0: Right. All right. <laughs> Would you rather watch? Oh, we'll talk about the movie. Would you rather be sitting on the floor in a nice, comfortable couch when you watch this movie? Oh, no, I, I yeah, I agree. there are definitely I things that, that add to it's, the it, experience. We, we, yeah, so it's like an experience. So if I want this experience to be the very best it can, so Kickstarter just dangles this little treat in front of you. It says, "Buy this game, and we'll give you all the mm-hmm. upgraded, deluxified components you could possibly ever wish, yeah. plus more." But they always have a tendency to hide the mechanics or finished rule books behind it, and so you're kind of, you're kind of struggling because there's exclusive items that I can't get anywhere no. else. And the thing is, I've been hurt so many times with games like Rising Sun and Blood Rage and Root and all these games that I really enjoy and really love. But I didn't find out about them until after the Kickstarter came out and then I had to pay the price. That's when you got
1: to pay the big bucks. You
0: huh? had to, to pay the Piper and your punishment is, is two to three times the secondhand market value on eBay or wherever it is because you didn't get on the Kickstarter. Uh, so a lot of times it's like, I don't want to have to pay two to three times as much money if I end up enjoying this game for all the content of it.
1: Yeah. Once you get on the Kickstarter train, it it feels very similar to like betting on the stock market and like knowing like, you know, what companies are going to increase and what companies are going to decrease and that sort of thing. So yeah, like trying to research games and going, Oh yeah, this one's going to be garbage when it comes out, or this one's going to be amazing when it comes out.
0: And a lot of Uh, them don't have finalized rule books until after the campaign closes and they've already got your money. Yeah. It's
2: it's interesting when you think about like the different games that that come out um, and some that absolutely just rise up in the hotness on BGG because all these different reviewers are um, have copies and and they're talking it up and and that kind of thing. Um, but honestly, the truth of the matter is, if there's a game that is out there. Chances are there are also probably like five or 10 games sitting on your shelf that you've not touched yet that you've not played. And so I'm not really one to back too many Kickstarters. Um, there have been a couple this year that I have, um, but I just, I don't, I don't know that there's a lot of great games that you can just be playing right now. And I think with Kickstarter, a lot of the times it's going to be, there's a lot of bling that's up front that looks really nice. Um, but at the same time, like you said, Matthews, it's just not gonna it's not gonna hold up mechanically. Um, I think about endless winter. I think I mm-hmm. shared that
0: with you guys several times. He wanted to get it. Yeah, they yeah, have...
1: David is always dangling the little I carrot in front of us because yeah, he's always he gives us the notifications yeah, of when exactly. things are coming
0: out. When's the next uh, Luciani game? I mean, David. But you have a lot of regrets. Like, do, if you could go back, would you get on that Nemesis original Kickstarter? Uh, probably not probably not for nemesis no why i mean like because it's not a game
2: that we're going to play all the time
0: yeah and another person in our game every time we get together is like hey when 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 can we get nemesis to the table or when can i buy a nemesis i've been looking at it well
2: i just i hadn't watched the alien movie and the first time we the first time i played nemesis i had not watched alien or aliens so i didn't appreciate it for what it was but now that i'd watched the movies i realized the error of my ways and um play
0: the game completely different
2: absolutely um but
0: You've also been playing another controversial Kickstarter game here lately, in Etherfields.
2: Oh, that's right. Yes, uh, we've,
0: we've heard. We've uh, if anyone's out there listening, there's been some juicy yeah. reviews dropping lately here on a on a YouTube.
2: Let it be known that Awakened Realms has officially claimed the place of king kings of FOMO. Oh, for sure.
1: For, they took that away from Simon uh, or on Yeah. I, oh, absolutely, it, absolutely. <laughs> Cause they
2: they don't they don't they don't hold a candle to them. I mean, it's like thankfully like i told you guys take my advice find someone who's trading a game and then message them so i got it actually a very good um price for for the uh, copy of ether fields that i have but that's the thing it's like there's all this awesome stuff and these great miniatures and like sun dropped that, it is the only game i've never been interested in miniatures ever in my life it's the only game i have right now in my collection that that has miniatures and it's Okay. <laughs> it's not fantastic. It's it's okay. Um, At its
0: best, it's okay. and yeah, That's, I mean, when, that's like, when you house roll it and skip stuff on it.
2: The story's been great and it's fun, but like the a- Awakened Realms does a fantastic job of making you feel like you're missing out
0: on the next newest and greatest innovate. And the thing because is, they
1: have had like games that just explode in popularity and they're amazing and whatever. And so uh, it's like,
0: oh, uh, yeah, explode in pop, slow to expo. I would say explode in like, Pre popularity. Tainted Grail, like that's in was the top
2: just, 100, dude. I don't know what you're talking about.
0: Is it in the top 100? It is.
2: Where
1: is Nemesis at? I feel like Nemesis Neme- is about.
0: their one game that holds water. uh And that's just, there's a really diehard cra- crowd with it. But I think Lords of Hells has a lot of flaws in it. A lot of people who are honest with their plays of Tainted Grail, they refer to just a grindy game where you're playing repetitive things over and over and over just to grind out more time with it than you really need to. Uh, This war mine, it's got a lot of good ideas, but it's just not a game that you can, that's accessible to play. I would say nemesis is their one game that I would say could hold up to it. And that's only if you're really into the thematic part, Mm -hmm. but yeah, they, they sell a lot of hype with it, especially like the Kickstarter, the great wall. Uh, I kickstarted that. And then it, it funded and I was like, wait a minute, there's no rule book that I can review for Did you cancel your pledge? I emailed. I was like, I would really like to cancel my pledge because there's no rule book with this. I thought there'd be a rule book that would be put out at least before the pledge ended. There wasn't. Did they let you? Yeah. Oh. So I I do them, I do give them, like they are very easy to work with, but they just, there's a lot of flash. There's a lot of, hey, you're not going to, because the thing is, the Lords of Hell sells retail. I think Nemesis does, but that was a very long after the Kickstarter was done. Mm-hmm. So if you don't want to wait forever to get these games, you have to either get them secondhand market or from Kickstarter. And so it's, what do you do now? Thankfully, some games hold their resale value. So if you kickstart that game, you play it, and it's like I'm not feeling it. You can sell it and probably still make a profit. On oh it. yeah.
2: So I mean, if if you're even doubting about whether or not you should back it, you should at least you know if 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 you know you can turn around and sell it, and that's a motivation for you, go for it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, So the moral to the story is that the Kickstarter games uh, end up not being all they're cracked up to be. And that is kind of when you move into phase six of the board game journey. And we've kind of titled this one finding your people or sharing the load. And this is kind of what what David was talking a little bit about. But this is kind of for me, I think this is where and this is where I think I'm at is is where you get more excited about playing games than you are about buying games. And, And I think that's where I'm at. Um, where I, I'm not tempted I have to still
0: disagree with that. <laughs> I still get like jazzed through the roof with buying. Yeah, games. We, we know
1: you do, but, uh, and so, and I am excited to play all the games you buy, but I, and I, I bag maybe like two or three kickstarters a year uh, that I think will be a lot of fun. But I, I think
0: buy a couple QE type games, yeah. As well. Like
1: if, if we could not buy, you know, a game for all of 2021, I would be perfectly satisfied oh, with what ab- we have absolutely. right now and playing with you guys.
0: Yeah. And we make it sound like we don't have any good games. We have a lot of good games, but it's because we love these games that we want more of it, right? I think
2: yeah, yeah we definitely like and I think Brady said this a little bit earlier where there's a backlog that we have right now about like maybe 10 to 15 games that that we that
1: I am dying to play. Yeah. You know, and we don't have enough time.
2: Do well, we? if we just keep playing uh Blood Rage and Root every single time we meet, then we're never going to get to. So
1: I'm I'm all for. Blood. Have you guys I'm talked about Root? Blood. Um, uh, yeah. Oh, it, yeah. Uh, it's, we, we, it's painful to talk about for me.
0: Yeah, we haven't been had a chance to really talk down about Blood Rage. I would love to do a segment where we break down that game and just all the intricacies of it. Uh, but yeah, it was sharing the load. Uh, the thing is, David has a way of manipulating me into buying more games. He'll say, hey, Matthew, Whoa. have you seen this really interesting game? And An example is this with Lorenzo. And I'm like, I don't think I have. Let me look into it. So I was like, David, this looks really amazing. We enjoy Grand Austria Hotel. And then I sent him a message, David, I, I just ordered Lorenzo and the expansions. We're going to have it in a couple days. And then he just messaged me, was like, no, don't do it. Cancel your order. There's a big box later on that's going to come out. And and then I'm like, okay, I'll cancel my order. And he's like, oh, wait, no, the big box is going to be even later coming out. I was like, David, I can't wait forever to play this game. And so, so then David I have to reorder knows it again. How to share the light over there. Yeah, he shares a load by, like, <laughs> All right. dangling in front of my face. And then he's like, oh, don't buy it. Oh, now you can buy it. And it's just. He's just messing with my emotions. Let
2: me set the record straight. I tell you guys what games I'm excited to purchase in the future, but I'm not a junkie like you are and have to feed my junkie vein 24-7 with a box showing up on my step every single day.
0: David really.
1: David just fishes with us. He <laughs> sees a game that he likes, he says, and then he just hey, throws it out in our these little These are the groupie, games I want to play that you buy. Re- yeah, that's
0: what David does. Oh, too. He tries to reel you in. Oh, and now I'm giving a hard time. David listen, David's getting boxed all the times too. We were over at his house the other day, and Sam was telling us, like, I almost lost it on David because in, like, one day we had three or four boxes just show up one after the other and after the other. And she thought they were all games, and she just started just, David, David, what's going on here?
2: (laughs) Well, (laughs) I had to tell her these were a lot of games that I had ordered like early in their year and like, yeah. they're all showing up with a few like here yeah, one there, of right my favorite
1: so. quotes from sam was when we, we were i can't even remember what game we were playing but we were like oh man this is a great game how much was it and david kind of paused and then sam goes yeah, he's got to be careful. He's got to remember what price he told me.
0: <laughs> oh, you we asked David, David, how much did you pay for this game? And Sam just kind of looked, "Yeah, how, David, how much was this?" Cuz what he had told her may have been slightly below the tax oh, and the sales nice. and the shipping.
2: That's not true. I'm 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 pretty honest with Sam when I'm telling her, "Hey, I'm going to buy this game." She's like, "How much does it cost?" I'm like, "Nah, I don't know, around this much." I'll never forget around when, when you
0: you told her how much the cost for the upgrades to grand austria hotel because david got the upgrades with the little croissants and the little pastries and the starbucks cups and all they're very nice components i wouldn't play the game without it you know board game snob over here but uh she said, yeah, yeah i really like these components sam was saying and then i said did you get a good deal i saw these on uh top shell gamer like 45 50 bucks and sam just stops and she's like david they were what I was like, oops, sorry. I should have mentioned how much these costs. is like, this is more than the game. She's like, oh, honey, what, what are we doing here? Well,
2: look, I'm just trying to provide good experiences for my wife when she plays games. So yeah, and,
0: and your friends. We appreciate that.
2: Yeah, there you go. See? Look at that. Hey, listen, I'm not regretting.
1: That's what it, it. means to share the load. And that's what it means to be what and we hope everybody, you know, what in whatever phase you're in in this, we hope you can get to the point where you find your people and you can you can share the load
2: now the it's, best it's a bit, it's a good place to be the best place to be is in our friend Jacob's position what what is in, that what position is that well the position where everybody else owns a copy of the game and he's got to play he's got to buy the game
0: oh yeah yeah, yeah. i don't even necessarily think cuz he wants to own the game he just doesn't want to be the only person who doesn't own the game
2: he i think jacob is investing in
1: the future he's always like well you guys aren't always going to be around i think he's like just planning for the
0: apocalypse oh something. my word that makes me kind of sad <laughs> jacob where are you gonna go Where are you doing bro
2: jacob if you're listening to this know that i love you and i appreciate the yeah
0: we want to keep you around as he long is the only person in the group right? who has a legitimate play mat for the table yeah
1: that's that's nice
2: and i've been trying he
0: really to, treats and i've that. been well it's just plain it's just black it's good quality but it's just plain and i've been trying to feed him pictures of higher quality game mats that he can get. So, oh he d- I, so get I'll buy behind the- <laughs>
1: me, Satan. That's
0: what I <laughs> I'll buy the games. I just want David to buy the $50, $60 play mats, double-sided themed and do that. Another thing that we really enjoy is we haven't talked about it, is listen, if you have not heard about the website, Dice, it's like melody, but in the end of it is dice, Dice. You can, whatever game you're playing, you type in the name of it and there's a curated list by popularity. Uh, it's free. And it'll, you know, it's, It can be hours in length for different songs and tracks for the game you're playing. And there are some absolutely fantastic curated lists that if you just want to take that, you know, experience up a little bit and, you know, it doesn't have to be loud, doesn't have to be in your face, but just slightly in the background, you know, it fills in that, that blank space whenever you're thinking about stuff or, you know, it's not some big party game, but it's a little more of a thinker kind of heavier game. And you just want that ambient kind of background that fits the mood. And you know, one of my Brady's favorites is for uh, underwater cities. It's got some of that Donkey Kong Country tracks on there. Oh yeah, it
1: brings me right back to the '90s, the Donkey Kong Country. And they have they put it they put Donkey Kong Country on a lot of board
0: game lists there. And I I, it's really good. It just
1: triggers me every time. I love it.
0: Yeah, Mombasa is fantastic because it plays that what's the song Africa? Oh, by Toto. Toto, yes. We were we had no idea what this playlist was. We started playing Mombasa, another good game, Fisher's third best game ever. Uh, and we're just playing this. All of a sudden, we just hear dun 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 dun, and when it just starts going into this song. We all just stop playing the game and start just grooving and driving oh, and yeah. stuff. We vibe with some of those. Yeah, it's it's just a it's just take your gaming experience to the next level, absolutely. So those are the six kind of phases that we put together for a board gamer's journey. Uh, so we want to kind of get in here at the end of the episode for a continuation of our series, the art of the teach. Uh, so David, what we've been doing is uh, breaking down how to teach a board game we've mentioned before it is an art form unlike any other you want to kind of experience with because i've mentioned before most people know games because they've been taught a game not because they read rule book or even watched a video on youtube but because someone taught a game so how well you can do that makes or breaks the experience with them completely so last week on episode we talked about ready did Knowing your audience because you could be the best, half, he- the, battle. half oh, the battle, absolutely. It was just one of the series, but it's almost half the battle because you could be the best teacher, you can know all the rules, you could know how the best way to teach it. But if it is a theme or a game or a link, if you're or- trying to
1: treat, teach Twilight Struggle to your wife, <laughs> yeah, it, there it goes, are there time and place. Real fast. <laughs> and I'm really glad
0: David is here because he also, uh, he, he, was it was your brother in law and his oh, girlfriend. Oh, yes, this oh, is great. So he was, I'll let him. Us, but he was with his in-laws and his family, and he just decided to drop uh, the bomb. So look, on their on their poor minds, guys.
2: So, don't you know that the next progression from uh, Catan and oh, what's that? What's that Marvel game? A Hail Hydra, a little Hail, social deduction. Yeah. Is barrage. barrage? Obviously, it's yeah, Barrage. Absolutely. It's four Very dark,
0: yeah. heavy Euro game. That is. Rated, Beyond cutthroat
2: maybe ranked or rated like what maybe a 3.9 or like a 4 on BGG and at rates. least a 5 yeah, yeah. and there's the better cutthroat. way
1: to enhance that experience is when you start at like i don't know around midnight or something
2: yeah so uh, to keep in mind so here's here's the story behind this is that we went up to New Jersey and i like i said my my brother-in-law Caleb he is he's pretty much a gamer now and he is dipping his toe and i think right now he is in the like level he's hopping in between stages 3 and 4 of buying games, and going down the rabbit trail. So he's messaging me all the time, like, hey, what's good? What's bad? That kind of thing. But
0: and he's trusting you. He's putting his faith in you and everything.
2: That's right. Um, and so we, when our last trip to New Jersey, we were um, going to be there for about five days. And I said, Sam, I don't care what we do this week. The only thing I want to do is sit down and play Barrage with you and Caleb. Well, somehow that almost ended up not happening. But... We sat down, I laid out the board, got the components ready, and I started speaking. And I think in about maybe two minutes, I looked over and uh and my brother-in-law's girlfriend just her eyes were just very warm. Well oh, yeah.
0: Cause you brought not just your brother in law and your wife, it was also your brother in law's girlfriend, girlfriend who is not, not a gamer. No. Yep. And so <laughs> I, re- I remember and telling this her is I is not said, an easy teach. I, no, it dick.
2: is not an easy teach. And I looked and I said, okay. So what do you think you would like to do? And she said... I want to go home. I want to go home. (laughs) She said, uh, well, what can I do? And she (laughs) looked at Caleb. She looked back at me. And Sam looked at me and she about slapped me. And said, (laughs) all right, that's it. We're packed. We played one round of Barrage. So
0: after you started the game, you explained the rules. On her turn, she's like... That's when she said, what can I do?
2: Yeah, exactly. And so... um, and I feel like this
0: is
1: like akin to like a, a pilot like of a seven forty seven like just looking in the back, grabbing some random you know passenger, and being like, "Hey, we're gonna I'm gonna teach you how to land this plane right now."
2: So I started out by saying, "Hey, look, this is like Catan.
0: David, you did not do that. I did, yeah. It's usually, oh, no.
2: That's what I do with every game. I said, hey, this is like Catan. Again, oh, that's like, horrible. That looks is so just bad. like it. it looks, looks just like you it. You are the
0: worst ambassador for this hobby. That's right. This game is like Catan.
2: So you should oh, know, know your audience, folks. Don't teach them barrage you know. out the gate, no matter how excited you are to play it. And you know. I do plan on playing it this Christmas. So we day. want
0: to make sure the listeners got to hear that story because we love it and we love bringing it up all the time. Because it's just, it's just a perfect example about knowing your are honest. But today, we want to talk about prepare, prepare, and then after you do that, prepare some more. And this is the part so that... So,
1: Matthew, what are your best ways to prepare?
0: Well, seeing as how I feel like myself, Stephen, and then David as well, we tend to be the ones who are teaching these games the most uh, uh, out of anyone else. Mainly, David and I, we feel like for the past couple of months, I've been the ones bringing, bringing in all these new games. Uh, don't let him don't let him just kind of manipulate you he is definitely a junkie he's buying these games not quite as much as i am but he's right there close second uh so usually when we're playing these games no one else in the group has played them before so and trust me when i tell you they do not take the time to research and prepare for about for themselves because i ask them all the time if you want to go read some of the rule book and prepare watch the videos and to get their brady i watch well,
1: the videos for about half of the games at least
0: uh I'll believe that when I see it, because I had, Brady, what do you know about this game? And he says, absolutely nothing.
1: You know, it's kind of funny, because I feel like if I have, like, watched a game or a video for a game, and I kind of, like, know what it's going, that almost, like, I feel like it detracts from the experience a little bit. Like, Lorenzo, I didn't watch the video. I had no idea what that game was about. And it just exceeded my expectations by like a mile i loved that game. oh
2: good i'm glad you really liked it that's great
0: yeah we didn't well we got to play with you in it as well we also figured out we were doing a roll wrong uh your neutral workers they don't have a base value of one they have a base value of zero so you always have to use your assistants to use them
1: and this is why you prepare 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 and this
0: is why ladies and gentlemen you prepare 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 so the first part is first you have to get the game Once you get the game, what I like to do is first and foremost, get the game out, punch everything out and actually go through the components because this can be one thing to read the rule book but once you actually have the components in your hand and know how they work and what you're doing with them, uh, it makes everything fall into place. Uh, So you wanna make sure everything's punched out, you wanna make sure everything is organized because the worst thing you can do is just dump out this box of components And your players are like, what goes where? What goes with what? What pieces do I start with? What are my player pieces? So I like to make sure everything's organized per player. You forgot, you forgot, Seth.
1: When I open uh, any game, the first thing I do is give it a real good sniff. You just got to smell that fresh, fresh cardboard.
0: People are going to think we're weird, Brady. Okay, But the one of the things you want to make sure is everything's organized. Uh, So that way, when you go through the rule book yourself, that you can actually touch the components and know what your players are gonna be doing. Uh, so a good thing is figuring out what questions do you have and what questions are the players likely to have. Uh, the second thing that you can do, I usually don't, uh, but if it does have a solo mode, you can play through solo mode or just kind of through a first rounds, uh, but I always do a watch it played video. Uh, for me, heavy cardboard, it's a fantastic, especially they do a lot of heavier Euro type games. They do a very great job of a teaching if you need help how to teach a game. Uh, but also they do a playthrough of the game so you can watch how the game is supposed to be played. And if you're watching a playthrough and you have questions, more than likely your players that you're teaching the game to is gonna, are going to have questions as well. Yeah, and and that,
1: honestly, a lot of games at this point, they come with that little QR code on them that says, hey, watch, you know, watch it played. Here's Rodney. a link for
0: a video that you can watch. Yeah, Ronnie exactly. Smith's Watch It Play is fantastic for that as well. Uh, but as you're watching this, watch it played or whatever the video is that you can go along and you have the components there with you so that you're physically uh, touching the game and you're interacting with it as you're watching it as well. Uh, you can even set it up on your table and kind of do a mock setup or even have the game set up before your players get there. I know David's really good at this when we're coming over to his house. A lot of times the game's already set up. Your player pieces are already where with your player boards, it's already set up and organized where it needs to go uh and the thing is you got to make sure you're reading your rule book uh not only just through but you know all the times in these games you have questions where do you go in the rule book when you have those questions a lot of these euro games have a lot of iconography uh, so knowing what those iconography symbols mean uh, we run this all the time just inadvertently even though we're prepared you'll run into it all the time so having uh, sometimes going on bgg and printing out a player aid you wouldn't believe how many times a game either doesn't have player aids for. you need it even for us we need a player aid because there could be a weird round structure uh Tekinu is a perfect example it has a very uh, non-intuitive uh structure for its rounding it rounds and scoring and it just does not make sense unless you just know it by heart so David, he printed off a player aid, and it just made the experience so much more seamless because you know when things are happening and why, and when you need to do things. Yeah. Uh, thank,
1: so, thank all the, uh, thank goodness for all those like BGG users who come with all these like fan, fan made like for every aids game. Kind every of game
0: I have, I've gone through their file section to see if there's any additive material that you could use and print out, such as player aids or reference sheets, to make it easier for your players. So that's a huge thing to make sure you're doing as well.
2: I would say that's probably something that I, I think I'm going to start doing now, too, uh, and noticing how how many games can actually benefit from a player aid, too. And as far as um, when you're preparing and, and you you get those things, keep in mind, there are also very different types of people in your game group, too. So, for example, mm-hmm. someone like myself, I may not be the best teacher because I'm the type of person who just likes to say... Hey, we'll learn as we go. Yeah, <laughs> first play doesn't matter. We're That's, just a learning uh, David, game. David's yeah.
1: famous words are: "It's a learning game. It's, it's a learning game. game. It's we'll just play a learning as we game. go."
2: Well, look, we don't. There are so many games we only play one time. So yeah, they like,
1: definitely. I will say yeah, There definitely gets to a point in the explanation where I'm like, all right, let's just let's send it. Let's just let's just learn. Send it. Yeah. exactly. Whereas,
2: on the other side of that, we have someone like Matthew, who asked literally every question yeah and and the demand. question
0: that what's I asked, the
1: distribution of the cards in yeah the tiered these list? guys give me what's a hard time for asking that but when we play score? these
0: deck building games or these games to where the cards make a difference whether you win or lose and sometimes you have to make a judgment how valuable is this card well how many are there yeah. in the deck and he, david what do you say <laughs> don't worry about it don't worry about it yeah yeah dude we'll play it again <laughs> we'll, play it. well maybe 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 yeah. if it's any good we don't want to make a horrible experience uh and we're going to be getting into Uh, The next week is going to be how to get the players interacting in the game. And then the last thing we're going to do is the actual teach itself. So we don't want to get... That far into it but we just want to talk about what is the preparing steps so really the biggest thing is running through it yourself either having the game physically out with the rule book and these uh watching playthroughs on youtube is a fantastic resource making sure player aids are there everything is organized and like you said david people learn differently uh some people and we'll talk about this a little bit more but some people may be more physical learners so having the components there we'll be talking about that buy-in or a big thing is making how long is your teach you know how concisely can you get the point across because the thing is you don't need to tell everything you need to tell the foundational information and then uh, if it's a good game the material the player raids the iconography will fill in those gaps knowing what gaps can be filled in by the game itself is huge for cutting down the time it takes to teach a game because you know i can't go through and explain every single symbol in a fister or these lorenzo type euro games but if you explain the premises and foundational pieces, a lot of this stuff is easily to infer. And if you do need extra questions about it, you can just, you know, Hey, let's look it up in the reference. Um, yeah.
1: I think one, one pro tip that I like to do when it comes to rule books is like uh, going through and highlighting all of the little like beginning setup things. Like how many cards does everybody start with? Or how many coins does everybody start with? Cause those are the things that you can just never remember when it comes to game. So and you are always having to check that rule book. So am able to open up that front page, see the highlighted, oh, we start yeah. with seven coins and eight cards
2: and all that kind
0: of yeah. stuff. Really think, what it comes down to is just don't open your game for the first time and hand your friend Matthew the rule book and say, Let's go for it, bro. Yeah.
2: Well, I think the I think the first time the first two times I introduced you guys to Everdell, I didn't give you any starting cards.
0: Oh, yeah. I forgot
2: that part of setup. So, so yeah.
0: Like, Everdale how,
1: Everdale's a pretty tight game as it goes. And uh, David just, just made for it for people who know this game. Razor thin for so <laughs> we
0: played our first game or two without any starting cards in our hand. And we're just like, We have nothing. Like, what are, on earth are we supposed to do here? Get good. <laughs> Get good. Alrighty.
1: So we've run a little longer than we usually do, so we will go ahead and yeah. end it. So that's going
0: to be it for this week's episode. Thank you for tuning in. Hope you enjoyed our content. We're so thankful to have our guest, David, on the show with us. And as always, I'm Matthew. I'm Brady. And I'm David. And this has been The The Discussion discussion phase. Phase. thank you for taking the time to listen to this week's episode of the discussion phase. If you enjoyed our content and like to hear more, make sure to tune in every Tuesday for new episodes. You can also follow us on Instagram at the discussion phase or join in the discussion yourself at the discussion phase at gmail.com.